previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. Yeah, it is kind of it is kind of messed up. I don't know what's going on, but I don't remember three games I just told on you. Saturday. <laughs> Literally just told you what's going on. <laughs> you don't really think I listen to you talk, do you? Apparently not. You're just like my wife. <laughs> Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, Roxy. And don't you fear, all you Loyal Littles. Chuck will be with us in a few minutes. Full disclosure, we are we are so dedicated. We are taping this on Christmas Day. That's right. On Christmas Day, the Saints and Minnesota Vikings are about to uh, kick off, so we're looking forward to that, settling and watching a good NFL football game. Like I said, Chuck's still uh, getting his eggnog on and probably eating dinner, so he'll be with us in a little bit. But we have such a great episode for you today, and we are looking forward to it. Unfortunately, I did not get what Santa was supposed to bring me for Christmas, which was a Nigel. So I am doing this still all on my own. So that's why we're recording Christmas Day, so I can get this out to you by tomorrow. And so we're going to start with a couple, as we always do, updates, shout outs and whatnot. First of all, an update. We were talking about, Roxy, you were you brought it up, actually. You were saying how the remake from the Miracle on 34th Street movie was fantastic. And I agree. It was in 1994. And we couldn't remember who played Chris Kringle in that one. And it was played by Richard Attenborough. And he played Chris Kringle. Unfortunately, we lost him in 2014, but he died at the age of 90. So good run. Good long life. That's a pretty good run. Yeah, absolutely. And we want to do a quick shout out to Steve Repture. Hopefully I'm saying that right. You don't have to turn anything in. WTFC wasn't supposed to be anything TK related. So don't feel bad for not knowing. Yeah, this has been fun. (laughs) Yeah, we've actually, there was some good chatter on that on the Twitter page and some Facebook. So Keep those guesses coming in. Maybe someday we'll reveal it. It's really not that big of a deal. But, Steve, we just wanted to say we do hear you. And, uh, you know, that was a good idea. We will try to squeeze in maybe a Meet the Host segment sometime soon. I think Claire originally said it, that, you know, you all need to get to know us, too. But we want to bring the Loyal Littles to you and get to meet all the Loyal Littles out there. So that's what we were trying to do. But yeah, that's a good point. So I just wanted to make sure we pointed out, thanks for the message. Yeah, we Chuck, do you're a you. little too. That's that's true. That's very true. But I just think my life is, you know, not that exciting. So <laughs> <laughs> as you always so, say, there's always a story. Yeah, right. So anyway, fortunately on this Christmas day, which will be the, yesterday when you hear this, we got some sad news. Uh, legend in the sports world, well, to me, legend, Casey Jones, long Longtime Celtics coach dies at 88. Wow. Very sad. Yeah, very sad. In a team statement, they said, never one to seek credit. His glory was found in the most fundamental of basketball ideals, being part of a winning team. And I couldn't have said it better. I remember those teams. That Laker-Celtics rivalry when I was growing up was so huge. And he's just, he was this, he was like the symbol of the Boston Celtics for so many years and uh, sad dying on Christmas day. It just always, I don't know why Roxy, but it's always, it seems sadder now. It's yeah, sad, it does. It but does. it just, for some reason, it just always seems sadder when you die. And there's been a lot of people, well-known people that have died. And the ones that I remembered right off the bat were Eartha Kitt and James Brown. I remember I was in rehearsal for a show when we found out James Brown died and that was sad, but we also found out that Dean Martin 
and Charlie Chaplin also died on wow. Christmas Day. So it's 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 really weird that connection that they all have, but some of the best entertainers we've ever seen. So yeah. well, listen, everyone, we don't want to start this off on a downer, and so we are going to cut right to the chase, and boy, are we gonna cheer you up. We have a doozy for you today. It is now already time to meet the littles. And we can't wait for this one. We do want to take a second and acknowledge, and I'm almost speechless. I'm going to try and get this out. But we want to thank all you little elves out there. Uh, Claire Natola posted the amount that we collected, and it was for Rocco's Warriors this year. But we have a special shout out to all of you who helped out with this cause. We raised over $3,000 for Rocco's Warriors. So wow. We cannot thank you. And I know Claire thanks you. And do not miss today's Meet the Littles, especially if you want to hear where your money went to. We're going to be right back and we are going to Meet the Littles. We're not getting any younger standing here. And now be a good time. Look in the mirror You can see we're growing older Year by year Sing over and over We are being played in by Jim Gavin And this song is called Something to Hope For Perfect song for our holiday episode You can hear Jim's entire catalog of original music At jimgavin.bandcamp.com Or you can find him on social media Instagram and Twitter He is at Key of Awesome Music. I like that name. At Key of Awesome Music. Or you can go to his website, keyofawesomemusic.com. And he writes, P.S. If you are feeling inspired to leave a virtual tip or support him and his endeavors to improve the quality of life through music, you can do so by going to his Venmo account, which is at Jim-Gavin. That is at J-I-M-G-A-V-E-N. And as always, we'll play the entire song, Something to Hope For, at the end of the podcast. And now will be a good time, a good time to face your fears. You can see where I stand still, and it's so clear. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time for our favorite segment. It's time to meet the littles. Roxy, are you ready for a good one? I can't wait. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to wait no more. Please welcome to the show, yes, the incomparable one, Robert Berg. Hey, Robert, how you doing? Look, I told you all to keep your expectations low, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't tell people up front, this is going to be a good one. This might not be a good one, but I'll do my best. Well, we're hoping here, and I bet it's going to be. But first, Robert, what we normally do, and I know I can't probably imagine there's maybe one percent of the littles out there who don't know who you are but just in case why don't we let you start off tell us about yourself floor's yours Uh, so my name is robert berg i spent i would say most of my life in pittsburgh oh gosh tell me about i see here's this is where i struggle this is where jamie can hold court and she can (laughs) talk for hours and it's like (laughs) what do you want to know i I need specific direction i guess you need to hold my hand through this process Well, okay. I don't want to jump too far ahead because I do have questions, but one of the things that intrigued me was she filled us in about 
how you guys met and how it was at Jingle Fest. Well, actually, she said she you met in a fantasy football group, which I need to find out more information about that because I'm a big fantasy football guy and I knew nothing about that. So next well, Pat, year, I'm yeah, it's called Raju's Rejects, and Patrick Moffat set it up a number of years ago. Gotcha. Um, okay, you may remember Patrick's jingles from way back. Oh, in the of course, before yeah. he had a kid, and then he had yeah. to go off the grid. <laughs> and he's huge into fantasy. I mean, and he's really super competitive, um, oh, and he's really okay. good too. But so he created the original Loyal Littles League called Raju's Rejects, and I think it was. Oh, God, the first year there were like 16 teams or 14 teams, and then it went to 16. Then it went back down to 12. And Jamie was in the original group. Todd Takei was in that group. Patrick, I think Joe Arrow, um, Shad. I don't know. There were a number of other people. And then he asked me if I wanted to be in it. I guess like a couple of people dropped out or something, or I don't remember how, how it went, but I joined that league and then he created another league. So I dropped down to the other league to be the commissioner of the second league. And the two leagues play each other in week 16 of the NFL season now for the championship. Oh, my gosh. So there's two tiers. The second league has 14 teams. The first league has 12 teams. And Gary was in it for a number of years. But then uh, Spike took over his team. And then Ike, Spike's brother, is in the league now. (laughs) All right. I'm missing out. So I got to definitely get on board with that next year because I I love my fantasy football. I'm probably not as hardcore as others, but I just enjoy it. So. So I guess my, my my point was that so she kind of filled us in. That's how you kind of oh, met, yeah, and then you met at Jingle right. Fest. <laughs> I met Jamie. Didn't right. meet her so much, but we played in the fantasy league. And then there was a point at which the Littles group on Facebook, the main one, started to really take off. I don't know when it was created, but it seemed to really take off in 2015, I guess. And I joined that group, and then. When people would join the group and then start posting on threads, then everybody just started friending each other. So, you know, just you start mm-hmm. ending up with dozens of friends. And Jamie was one of them. And we didn't really interact much, but she told you about the maple syrup thing. Of course. Which, yeah. Which I just find <laughs> that kind of maple, in quotes, flavored corn syrup grotesque. But she loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a texture thing. And I, I just absolutely love pure maple syrup. Mm-hmm. So we start arguing, in quotes, arguing about yeah. maple syrup. <laughs> and then there was something else. She brushed her hair out. Her hair is just a tangled mess. I mean, <laughs> if she doesn't, I mean, it's curly. And apparently, I'd never really known anybody with curly hair. But apparently, if you have to really take care of it or it just becomes unmanageable. And so she's got all these products that she has to use to keep it curled and tight and not just frizz out. Well, one day she decided to brush it out, I guess. And it was like three feet in all directions for, for the amount that she brushed out. And it looked she looked like a crazy person. And then I forget exactly, but she posted like brush it out, they said, or something like that. And then I comment on it, put it back, they said, or something like that. <laughs> now, at this point... At this point, I had already gone through all of her photographs and I thought like, okay, she's kind of, uh, well, she uses off-color language, which endears her to my heart. And (laughs) she is sort of bombastic, as you uh, have picked up on. And that also endears her to my heart. And I thought she was cute and she seemed smart. She worked for the EPA. And so I went through all her pictures. I'm like, you know, I if I ever meet this person, I want to have a longer conversation with her and just see what she's like. But it didn't really go any further than that. We just so I was flirting a little bit, but not overtly. 
Mm-hmm. And I really didn't think anything would come of it. But then she showed up at Jingle Fest. She almost decided not to go. She almost missed her flight, but she, she decided at the last second she was going to try to get to the airport. She made it. She just got on the flight. And if she hadn't, I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now and wouldn't be in this house. Wow. Uh, But anyway, so we get to Jingle Fest. Everybody checks in. And she was staying with Claire. And Claire Mm -hmm. is is a lovely person. And Claire apparently doesn't like that she is the focus of every episode and is talked about in every episode. (laughs) And that sucks for you, Claire. Right? You're going to be another, you're going to be mentioned in this one. I met, I met her. She's the first person I met at Jingle Fest along from, you remember the emailer, I don't know if she emails much anymore, but Dina from Damascus. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, those are the first two littles that I met and got to know at the first Jingle Fest. But anyways, that will be for later. So she stayed with Claire and we met at the Palm, like she told you. Yep. Yep. Tell us the story. So even though I was looking forward to meeting her and I was glad to meet her, I was so tired because I'd already been in Washington, D.C. for several days. I think I was staying with Jen Babish. There were a number, like there was a baseball game that a bunch of littles went to and Jason and KJ recorded a podcast. And then there was like some evening out and then there was some, I forget exactly what it was. Oh, that morning was Jingle Golf. And so we all had (laughs) to get up really early. And so the whole week I was running on three to four hours of sleep a night. And I'm an eight and a half hours a night guy. If, if I get less than seven, I'm kind of wrecked. So anyways, I was really tired. And I met her at the Palm. It was like 7, 7.30. And I was talking to her a little bit and talking to Anita from Alaska was there. And I met Tony Beeson. And there were uh, a couple of other friends that I see once a year at Jingle Fest. And I'm talking to all of them. And Jason Fuse and whoever was hit with his group, I can't remember, but they were going to go back from the Palm early. And I was exhausted and he was exhausted. And so we were going to go back early and I was going to check in, just get to bed early because the next morning was the the Littles tour of the tour buses. City. And, yeah, yeah, the tour bus thing. So, But I apparently, so Jerry Negrelli, he came and got me and he said, my dad's here and we've, I've got a story about the Schwitz. And I don't know if you remember Tony talking about the Schwitz. Somebody mm. emailed him about the show and about this place in Cleveland. And Jerry's dad was like a member of that club or something. And it's this, it's like this warehouse with no windows where a bunch of old guys go and they eat <laughs> steak in like while draped in towels. And then they all go sit in the sauna and they do this all day. They take booze, they take a bunch of food and they just spend all day eating food here naked. And it's like a bunch of 65 year old men. So, and, and Jerry thinks this is hilarious. And he wrote a bunch of jingles about it. And then he put up a site called Schwitz Songs. And we did a Schwitz bit at Jingle Fest in 2016. And Steve Lipton wrote a Schwitz song. And Luke Overby wrote a Schwitz song. Jason wrote a Schwitz song. I wrote a Schwitz song. We did this medley wow. in bathrobes. Anyway, so he's like, my dad's here. He's got, a, he's got you got to hear this story. So he, he takes me back there. And I told Jason, I'll be back in two minutes. Don't worry. Well, apparently, I'm notorious for completely losing track of time, as well as the point of any story or question I'm asked. And (laughs) I was back there for like a half hour. Somebody came back and said, like, we're going. And Jerry was just waved him on. And he's like, you know, or or no, Jamie told somebody that he said he'll come with us. You you guys can leave or something like that. I didn't say that. Uh And I I was really mad when I came back out and they had left. And like, I was legitimately (laughs) angry. So... For the first 
10 minutes, I was legitimately like stewed. And Anita said, don't worry, we'll, we'll make sure you get home. You can come with us on our Uber. And I think Sean Morrissey was there. And, and there were a couple of other people. Jenny Robbins, I think, was there. And, and Jamie and Patrick, and they were all going to go back. So I was like, you please don't leave me. Like, please, I, I don't know how to get Ubers. I don't know my way around mm -hmm. this town. Like, just don't yep. leave me. So then I start to calm down. I'm still mad. I text Jason, thanks for abandoning me, blah, blah, blah. I get over that. And after a couple minutes of acting like a child, I then realize, this is how stupid I am. I then realize, wait a minute, Jamie's here. I <laughs> can get to know her and see if this is going to go anywhere. Because I got nothing else right. to do. And I'm already right. stuck here. So then I'm, we're talking and then I just, and I never do this. I never, believe me, I never do this, but I had taken four grams of psilocybin a few months before. And I think that loosened me up as I write about in our forthcoming book, E Pluriba Quattro by the Diane Kruger effect, which should be out <laughs> sometime later this month. Okay. We have to plug um, that later. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so I just sort of start flirting with her and we're talking and I'm standing next to her and I'm just sort of touching her hand and seeing if I get any response and I get a response and then all that little stuff that I never do and don't know how to do. Like, I'm just, I've been a recluse for years. Right around 2000, I gave up on dating because I had had just an awful breakup and terrible relationships. And I was just awful at picking people. And they all ended up being either married and I didn't know it or lesbians or psychotic. Like, it just, so I Or all just, the above, right? This, yeah. is, this is, well, some qualified in multiple categories. Correct. Right. So, and I write about. I also write about this in Ebler Pluribus Blur Quattro. So, okay. so I had just given up. But at this point, I just I don't know. I went with it, and it just started working out. And then, but the palm was really loud, and so eventually we end up going back to the hotel. The genius of what Negrelli did is the the space that he reserved for us to perform in for the Jingle Fest, the the conference hall, was in the hotel that everybody was staying at. Oh, and there was genius. And there was a bar there that people could go to, like on their way to the elevators. And there was a place where you could get breakfast. And so it was like you, we didn't have to worry about people getting, except for Braun, as you know, we can get to later. Yeah, right. Obviously, right. but mm -hmm. who flew back? He he flew in from out of the country, and he left his family at the airport and took an Uber straight to the hotel because he promised that he was going to show up at the Jingle Fest in 2017. Oh, my gosh. That's what wow. Ron is. Okay. In all seriousness, when Jamie told the story, I said, okay, I'm going to ask a question, but don't tell me the answer because I'm going to wait for Robert's interview, which okay. will hopefully happen soon. Okay. What do you do for a living? What yeah, do you you're going to be real disappointed. Uh, I, nothing, nothing interesting. But well, it, this is more interesting than the jobs that I had before we moved to Maryland. So my buddy started this company with his friend Scott in 2003. And he and I were living out in Colorado with a couple more friends. We'd all moved out to right around the Boulder area in 2003. Mm -hmm. He moved up from Dallas and he met this friend in Dallas. And this friend was in a religious cult for 27 years, like full cult. But he's a really nice guy. He's a super nice guy. Very earnest, sincere and honest. So he got out of the cult and he hadn't had any official earnings that the government recognized in like almost three decades. And he's like, well, no. And he's in his 50s. He's like, I, I got to get a job. I don't know what to do. So he started this company and it was a business that they had. They had run a similar type business while he was in the group. And it is there are apartment complexes that are too big to have the owner uh, handle maintenance calls, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. too small to have their own 24 hour maintenance line. 
So it's basically between 50 and 600 units. Most of them are somewhere between 200 and 250. And so the way they handle it is during the day, they have office hours. But when they're gone, they have an after-hours answering service they purchase to filter calls. And then gotcha. the answering service calls out the maintenance request to their maintenance guy. Anything oh, from oh. just your normal, oh, Change my, a light bulb, my, my toilet's... Sink right, is, yeah, right, my, sure. my toilet's yeah. overflowing, right. I only have one bathroom, to the air conditioning isn't work, and it's 96 degrees outside, like that kind of stuff. So our company, we package the answering services and oh. we sell them to apartment complexes across the country. Now, I would say probably oh, wow. 65% of our customers are in Texas right now. Maybe another 15% are in California, and then the rest are interspersed among 40 other states. Our company is a very small company. We have four employees, and then we have a handful of contractors, including our salesperson. So my job up till now, when I started, was a little, maybe 15 months ago, something like that. I was doing project work. So like we had to redo the website. We had we had to redesign it. We had to do some database work. We had some marketing stuff mm -hmm. that we because for a long time, they had just sort of put it on cruise control. They were going along and, and my buddy at a certain point said, okay, and he's a developer, so he does all the coding. So he did all the database work and he does, he's doing the website and he does a number of other tech, technical stuff that I don't even understand. I, I, he tries to explain it to me all the time. And I've known him since I was in high school and I just like, I, I, this is not gonna penetrate to me. Like if you wanna talk about story arc, I, I can track, but I, I just don't understand zeros and ones. I just don't. <laughs> so he, and just all the different projects that we had to do, I was helping with all those. Well, the, the guy who was in the cult, he is getting to the point where he would like to retire because he was considerably older, like uh, almost 20 years older than my buddy. So I'm basically now training to take over as operations manager which sounds like a big title, but it's a little company. So, okay. so I decided to embark on a tour to make my way out to Colorado because I had a company out there that I used to work for that was a publishing company. And I had an, uh, a contact there that I could do some freelance writing for some products. And there was another company out there that I wanted to talk to. And my friend Scott, who is I work with, he lives out in Colorado. But I took a circuitous route because I went down to Maryland first and stayed with Jen Babish for a couple of days. And then we went to, I guess it was probably Chadwick's at the time still. I stopped by the restaurant and that was the first time I got to do that. And then there was a trivia night and uh, a bunch of littles go to trivia. And I'm not sure if Claire was in town or not, but Neil in Rockville does trivia. He, he was yeah. there. I think I, Bobby Godfrey is way into trivia. I don't know if he was there that night though. I don't think he was. But there were a bunch of, of littles that were into trivia and, and we played trivia and, and they're a bunch of ringers. Like I, I didn't even answer any questions on our team's team. <laughs> they win every, they won every time. But then I went down to visit Luke, Luke Overby. Wow. I stayed with him and his family for a few days in Charleston, South Carolina. And then I went on wow. to Georgia and I stayed with Jason Fuse and his family for a few days. <laughs> and great. actually we, we worked on a jingle and Luke and I did our vocals in South Carolina. Then I took him to Georgia and then Jason and I finished it. I don't remember what jingle it was, but then, then I went to my friend Vid. I stayed with him and his fiance in Dallas for about three weeks. And then <laughs> I went on to, and, and there were a couple people in town that I was looking to connect with for freelance writing opportunities. Talked to them got a couple gigs, went out to Colorado, got another gig. And then I was also doing PA work for my friend Chad, who is now my boss, 
So I was just sort of like Claire, I was collecting a bunch of freelance opportunities that I could do for my laptop anywhere gotcha. in the world. Perfect. So that's what I was doing out in Colorado. And then I trekked back across the country for Jingle Fest in 2017. And on the way, I stopped at uh, Paisley Park because I'm an enormous Prince fan. And since I was a little kid and his house, Paisley Park, was converted into a museum. I don't know if you know anything about that. Wow. Oh, no, I didn't no. know that. I will have to hit that someday. Okay. Yeah. So, so I went there and that was amazing. And that was in early June. And then eventually I came through, went to Jingle Fest, met Jamie. So at the end of the weekend, I was like, I just didn't know if this could go anywhere. We spent right. the, the whole weekend doing all the activities around Jingle Fest together. And then we went Monday morning, we went to uh, the podcast and I ended up dropping her off at the airport. And I just said something like, if we could figure out a, a way to see each other, I would like to, but I, I don't know how. But she was also interested. And so I drove back to Pittsburgh and then I never talk on the phone. Like I do, I don't even, my phone is on silent all the time. I never answer it unless my boss calls and then I call him back. But I called her under the guise of getting some information, which I legitimately needed. So I wasn't lying. But then we ended up talking for three hours. And then I asked her if I could call her again. And then we ended up talking for five hours. You know how this kind of stuff goes. And then we figure out. And then she said, I'm going to be in Ohio giving a presentation. Because with her for her job in the EPA, she had to go like give these presentations all around okay. her area. And she said, I'm going to be in Brecksville, Ohio. And that's not very far from Pittsburgh. And I said, well, I'm staying with my folks for about a month, helping them out with stuff around their house. And she said, do you want to meet up? So we meet up. And then I was, we have a great time. We go on our first actual date date to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And the drive-by truckers cool. were playing out front that night. And, and they were great. And I had never heard of them, but they were amazing. And so I go back to Pittsburgh. And then I said, I'm heading out to Colorado why don't I swing by Chicago and I can stay there for a few days and we can hang out. And I was going to stay for four days. I ended up staying for two and a half weeks and I had to go back out to Colorado because there was work stuff that I had to have meetings with people. And so I said, uh, like, I'm going out to Colorado. Do you want to come visit me while I'm there? So she came out and visited me. And then we went to see the shins at Red Rocks and we did some other things. And so then uh, she, she goes back to Chicago and then at that point, it's just like, we didn't know how to make it work because I couldn't really, what I was making, there's no chance in hell I could live and pay rent in Chicago. Right. But mm -hmm. moving in with someone that you've only known for four months doesn't seem like a good idea. Yeah. Right. But it's like, what are options? Like, let this slip right. through our fingers or just say, we're, we're Screw it. Let's like, do we're it. 40. You know, this isn't two 20 year olds living together. So, mm -hmm. right. Wow. And I just happened to get really lucky and I found the perfect person that can work within my limitations as a human being and a spouse. So This is the sweetest story I've ever heard. So <laughs> keep oh going. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm not even going to ask if you can stick around because I'll pay if I have to. We'll be right back with Robert Berg. Welcome back, Loyal Littles. I hope you're enjoying this as much as we are. We are here with Robert Berg talking about everything, and we're trying to cover as much as we can in this short time we have. So right away, we have some other areas we need to get to ASAP. So because I want to talk about your process with the jingles. What, well, can we start there? Why don't we start there? 
Okay. If you don't mind going back a little bit, do you have any, where did you go to school? Like, what did you go to school for? And that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. Okay. So University of Pittsburgh, I have struggled my entire life with being focused and staying organized. I still struggle with it. And so school was very difficult for me. I quit and I wasn't just, I, I really wasn't interested. So I went to college straight out of high school. Then I quit. Then I went back. Then I quit. And what were you majoring? What were you majoring in? All kinds of things. But my first degree program was psychology. And it just, I don't even know why I picked it, honestly. I was just like, (laughs) I was expected to go to college. That happens. I needed a major. I don't know what would have caused me to think psychology would be interesting. Although, as it turns out, I would have, had I paid attention, my later self would have really enjoyed that major. But anyway, so eventually I ended up changing to English and then to writing. So my degree is in English writing with a concentration in poetry from the University of Pittsburgh. Gotcha. Oh, wow. And I That's finally graduated great. on my third try-through. Oh, good. Congratulations. Third time's the charm, right? Starting to make sense with the jingle writing. Okay. So now let's kind of gear over there because I myself am very interested in the process and I know other littles are as well. Can you take us through the process of when you hear, we get that, okay, you hear something Tony said on the big show and it strikes a chord with you. And can you just continue from there? Like, what's the process that you go through? Well, I'm guessing that everybody that has done this over the years probably has a a different way of doing it. I think that if, if I were to guess, there are things that Tony likes about writing Mm -hmm. and he was an English major and I was an English major. And I think it was simply a function of maybe a couple of things. Number one, I dropped literary references into some jingles mm-hmm. because I was an English major. And I think mm-hmm. he probably liked that. Yeah. And then because I was a writing major, I think about these stupid little parody songs. And and most of them are just idiotic, right? Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. I, I still think of them as, uh, in terms of analyzing, I just l- sort of drew back on my days workshopping poems. Whenever it would m- it be in class, everybody has to, you don't just criticize, I don't like this. There's, there's a method and a way in which you engage the writing, what the writer is trying to accomplish, and bringing together all of the pretentious elements of writing, like theme and point of view and tone and just all that stuff, right? Right. And so just because that that's been ingrained in me from my education. Sure. And so that's the way when I started writing these things, that's just the way I thought of them. And so I I think that maybe he just resonated with the way I constructed them. That's the only thing I can think. Um, But but so the two main ways that I've heard jinglers talk about is there's a song that, you know, you want to use. And Mm -hmm. so you're looking for material. I think everybody has used that method. And then there is another where you hear something and you get an idea and then you go looking for a song to, to fit. Right, right. And I, I right. think everybody's used that method too. So it just depends on what he says. That's definitely uh, my method. And I'm thinking actually, now that you talked through the first one, I'm thinking maybe I'm doing it the wrong way, but that's besides the point. I don't think either way is wrong. It's just, you know, right, right. does it end up with what suits you but I I guess what I was trying to say knowing me as a person I think maybe the other way would be easier for me I guess is maybe what I should have said not that it was the wrong way but yeah 
Well, I remember, so here, here's a good example. I learned a lot from Jason because he's been a professional musician. He's produced records. He plays a bunch of instruments and he's like been a musician since he was 10. So he just like, he picked up a guitar and it made sense to him. And he right. just, it yeah. became his best friend when he was a little kid. Not only is he a musician, and he got a home studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where we recorded the Diane Kruger Effect album in Atlanta. He, if, in case anybody doesn't know, Jason, Luke, and I have a nonsense rap group. So, and we put out oh, an wow. album a couple years ago. So it's like 25 tracks, 19 songs, and it's stupid. And <laughs> some of it's clever. And it was a lot of fun. And oh, we have 12 fans. And like, you know, you don't make any money on this stuff. Like you get right. two cents a month from Spotify. And it's just, that's yeah. that's yeah. not why we did it. Yeah. But so Jason taught me so many things. He said, well, you're a baritone and your vocals are a little bit, I guess, nasally. And so he said, what you want to do is you want to move your mid up for your voice to break through um, the instruments. And then you want to pan this a little bit to the left because this instrument is a little bit over here to the right and it'll be a good counterbalance and you're competing with it the like on uh, sound waves in different parts of the just the sonic creation of it and just in all kinds of different ways that I didn't understand. Um, And he's like, you know, double tracking is really good. And I was like, well, what is that? And for a long time, I just (laughs) created two vocal tracks. He's like, no, you want to use the same track, but you want to, you know, you want to duplicate it and then like pan it a little bit to the left and maybe put a little bit of of a different effect on it. So that doesn't sound like an echo. And, and just like, so many different tips that I learned from him to make the actual recordings, the quality of the recordings go up. So you pick up things from doing them, right? And and like we were talking about earlier, you make mistakes, you learn from the mistakes. And I, God knows I made so many mistakes. I didn't even have a microphone at first. Like for the first 10 I did, I was singing into my laptop mic. Yeah. Like I didn't know yeah. how to use GarageBand. I didn't even, I wasn't even sure I had GarageBand on my computer. <laughs> first time I decided that I needed to make one of these things so yeah you just you get in and you just sort of fumble around and and you learn as you go I know editing this podcast trust me (laughs) in garage (laughs) band right you just do do a lot of them in a short amount of time and you will get the best education you can yep yeah Yeah, absolutely okay so now we have to know your visits to PTI Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'd love to hear those stories. When it first came out, I was never able to catch it. But, and I don't even remember how this happened, but there there was a way you could either watch it or listen to it online. It, it, like, you know, remember uh, when Real Player would launch and they would play? Yeah, it was probably like ESPN app or something or ESPN.com or something. Yeah. But I had a job where I had to work until like, I don't know, six or seven. And uh-huh. I would listen to the show at work. And in 2003, then we moved out to Colorado. And, and occasionally, I, if I didn't have to work, I could catch it. And the only other exposure I had to Tony before that show was, do you remember the Sports Reporters? Oh, of course. Sports Reporters was, I loved it. It was on Sunday mornings at 11 or 11.30, right before the NFL pregame show. Yeah. And I'm a huge football fan and have been for years. And like that was my Sunday morning ritual. And Tony was on a lot of the time. Ryan was on and Lupica was on. I don't really care mm-hmm. for Lupica. But I think Bill Roden was on a lot of the time. And uh, this like when Dick Schaap was hosting it. And I love that show. 
and just the format of it, it was sort of like, it reminded me of a notes column. Do you remember like the notes columns that like baseball writers used to have? Oh, yeah. Days yeah. Or, yeah. And I just love that kind of thing where you could just get little, little bites of information mm-hmm. around the league. And so it sort of reminded me of that where they would go around and they'd give quick, you know, hot take opinions. And it wasn't like there were 13 shows on all these different, you know, where you get a white guy and a black guy to argue yeah. with each other about a, a topic, which is everywhere now. But yeah. so I, I really enjoyed it. And then it would go to the pregame show and I would watch with Berman and whatever. So and I really liked Tony on that show. And so when I saw him on PTI, it's sort of like it's only two guys and it's daily, but it's sort of the same kind of thing. And they're both smart and they have nuanced opinions for the most part. And sometimes mm-hmm. they're idiotic and bombastic, but it's an entertainment show, too. But I respected both of them. And I really like the show. And it's clear their, their chemistry is just unbelievable. So the show yeah. really works in a way that, like, you couldn't pay me to watch Stephen A. Smith or Ugh, who's right. the idiot from Texas, Shannon Sharp, and then the guy who yeah. – anyway, Skip, that guy. So, well, all the, all the knockoffs drive all, me a little crazy. All of them. You know? I, and then when Pablo and Jones got their – I'm just like, no, this is – stop you know and and when he references that there's a possibility like i probably just won't watch it but they're saying like when they're ready to retire he thinks jones and pablo are going to take over pti i'm just like oh please no it's just not they just need to end the show it's never going to be able to be replicated in the way it is now in my opinion yeah but if they can make money on it i know the show but a lot of people will stop watching because i watch to watch tony and mike argue about things right exactly i don't i don't watch because people are arguing about things and you know pablo's smart and and you know i've seen some of his opinions on other things outside Mm -hmm. of sports and, and like i like smart but it's just not I'm, no, I'm going to pass on that. But anyway, so yeah. when I moved out there, we didn't have cable and I just didn't watch it. And, you know, once you get to a habit of not watching something, it just sort of goes away. So that's yeah. that's where I was. But I really okay. did want to go watch them film it. And I really right. was hoping that Wilbon would be on. Well, it was the Monday after the Super Bowl and he was in town to do the show. And Jen and I went down there and it, Bonnie was so nice. And she gave us a tour of everything. And and we got to have our pictures taken with Tony and Mike. They talked with us. And then Tony had to leave or he just wanted to leave. I think, was it, or was that when I went with Jamie? One of the times we were just talking with Wilbon and he's just chatting with us. And then we didn't know how to get out of the building and Bonnie was gone. And then he helped us. He's like, oh yeah, come with me. And he's like escorting us through the building. Wilbon is the nicest guy. He really is. He seems like it. And Jamie's from Chicago. So you mentioned, she's like, yeah, I'm from Chicago. And now Wilbon's eyes light up and they start talking about Chai Town and just all kinds of stuff about Chicago. And it was great. If you can do it, you should do it for sure. Any way you can swing that, you should do it. Yeah. Okay. So real quick. So this is actually kind of interesting. So because you moved around so much, do you have a favorite sport i think you said it was the nfl football. or football right okay and what so do you have a favorite team do you well i'm a steelers fan from you are okay great birth um mm. and my mom i i wouldn't say me and my mom had season tickets but my dad at a certain point my dad couldn't go to games because his back hurt so much they went in the 70s they were at the immaculate reception wow. game like they were at all the home Whoa. games in the 70s and and then they got season tickets again but my dad just he he didn't enjoy himself because his back he had an injury when he was really young Mm. and it just started to get really bad so i just these tickets were at first free 
And so I would go and then eventually I started paying for them after I was uh, in my 20s. And my mom and I went to a couple of AFC championships, actually three, and they won one of them. So that was one of the best sporting events that I've ever been at. So yeah, I'm a huge Steelers fan. And also by marriage, I am now a Chiefs fan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, which is really nice because they are a fun team to watch. And after, yeah, uh, I'm not a big Roethlisberger fan for personal reasons of his own mm. conduct, yeah. but I'm still a huge Steelers fan. Sure. Uh, but he is a Hall of Fame quarterback. And when he's gone, I, I mean, I've seen some of the quarterbacks they've had in between the times when they had good quarterbacks. Yeah. And you have to assume that you're going to be out in the wilderness without a guy that will help you compete for a while after he leaves. Yeah. So my backup, I got Mr. Mahomes here that I can watch right. 15 years. Yep. So that, that's oh. nice to have on the back end. Yeah. So yeah. Roxy's a big fan. So of unlike your wife, do you actually enjoy, like, can you actually enjoy watching the games? Yes. She yes. had said she can't enjoy it at all. Well, she used to enjoy it before they were really good. When they were going like 10 and 6. And on any given Sunday, they could win. They're probably mm-hmm. going to win half their games. You know, they've had some players who are, she loved Trent Green. She loved Tony Gonzalez. Sure. Uh, Priest Holmes was really good. Jamal Charles was really good. Dante Hall. Mm-hmm. So like she had good players to watch, but it was just like a good year would be, maybe they could win a playoff game. Like yeah, it would be amazing right. if they could just win one playoff game. If not, that's okay. I love them. I'll root for them all. Right. Sure. Now, if they lose at all, it is catastrophic. And when I tell you <laughs> catastrophic, that is not hyperbole. <laughs> she is incapable of really enjoy. So, you know, working with her sort of like a sports psychologist, I'm trying to get her to the point where she can appreciate that they don't have to win every game. I mean, in her mind, they right. do. But yeah. Right, no. right. And okay. he's probably, they're probably going to win four Super Bowls before Pat Mahomes retires. She's going to yeah. see... The level right, of success right. that Patriots fans have been seeing for, for 20 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're in a different space now. you, you got to adjust yeah. your expectations. So, and I don't want to jinx <laughs> anything here, but i got to be honest, and I think some of our listeners will be interested, we might have to reconnect at some point during the playoffs because this could get interesting in an AFC championship situation, I think. Well, I told her that we, we probably are going to have to watch the game in different rooms. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was wondering. I mean, we won't, we're getting way ahead of ourselves for all you, oh, you so know, funny. Browns fans and these other teams that are definitely in it, Buffalo, and let's, you know, let's not. Look, but, uh, look if, if the Browns or the Bills won the Super Bowl this year, I would be thrilled for their fans. I really yeah. would. Oh, I always heard that it's never seen a championship. Agreed. The Blues a few couple years ago, they won. The Raptors. There have been a bunch of them yeah. recently, the Eagles. Every fan base should be able to see their team win at least a championship one time. Yeah. I, I yep. really think that that is, I mean, the Lions fans probably aren't going to see that. But, it, I mean, it's hard to overcome bad ownership. But yeah. I, I just, like, that kind of experience, I really want everybody to feel that. Even Browns fans. I don't hate the Browns, even though I'm a Steelers fan. Right. Well, and it's funny because it's like at least the current bad ownership, well, like Washington and the Cowboy, at least they've had their successes in the past. You know, and the Browns owner is suspect and the Bengals owner ownership group and the Cardinals have had historically have had bad ownership. Lions have historically had bad ownership and all of those teams are still waiting for a championship. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Robert, we heard Jamie's side of the story. I'm curious if what your side of the wedding story is. Well, this is interesting because 
normally Jamie is very comfortable in front of people. And I assumed, and I'm not, when I uh, get up on stage at Jingle Fest to do our stupid parody songs, mm. this is this is not exaggeration. It's terrifying. I'm I'm shaking. I, I I forget words. I just get confused. It's gotten to the point where I just have to read the lyrics off of the monitors because I even my own songs that you know I wrote and I can't <laughs> how many times as I'm like editing them or, or working on them. Doesn't uh-huh. matter. I can't remember anything. And so I was afraid that, you know, not that many people. I mean, it's what? How many people would be there at the maybe 20 people that we would be in front of? <laughs> I assumed at Chatter. <laughs> I was afraid that I would be really nervous being the, even though my back would sort of be to the side. Like I, I wouldn't see some of them, but I would see, you know, peripherally. Mm-hmm. Jamie was the one that was nervous. Wow. I okay. Cannot, I could not have been calmer. It just, I'm getting married. This is the right decision. Mark Schaefer will tell me what to say. If I screw up, I don't care. Like as long as she says I do and we end up married, that's the result that I care about. Yeah. So we get there and we, we do the ceremony. My, my mom and my sister came down. Now we, the reason I think Jamie told you is we didn't want to have a big wedding because one, Rocco had died three months beforehand. Mm. And nobody was really going to feel truly joyous. Yeah. Uh, I was happy to marry Jamie, obviously, but it wasn't, it wouldn't be the kind of exuberant. So I didn't want anybody to have to show up and act like this, that they had forgotten right. this was a great day, anything like that. But the other thing is that, he, you know, he would have been the ring bearer. He would have been the cute little kid that came down the aisle. Yeah. And if there was a way in which that we had to do a wedding that would be in a way that made his absence obvious, I didn't want to do that kind of a wedding. So then we're talking, we're talking to each other and we both had the same idea, but somebody went first and said, okay, what do you think about getting married at Chatter? And then the other person whom whom I don't, I honestly don't remember who went first said, I was just thinking that. So our plan was, I think Jamie told you, is we weren't going to tell Tony. Right. We are just going to get up and get married. Well, Tony doesn't like surprises. Right. And so it's a good thing that everything got handled beforehand because he wouldn't have liked that because he would have been afraid that he had to do something or something would have been expected of him, whatever. It didn't occur to me at the time, but he's completely right. That would have been totally wrong, but it just didn't occur to us. Yeah. So luckily all that got worked out. And then and we picked up the toaster oven that Michael gave us that... Uh, <laughs> But anyways, we had the wedding and then there was something that was made of crystal that I was supposed to crush because in a Jewish wedding, you mm-hmm. break a goblet or something. I'm not sure yeah. what the, the tradition is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And even though neither Jamie or I are technically Jewish, I, I guess that was for Tony and Michael. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. I get to honor like uh, that it was his show. Uh huh. Somebody came up with that idea. And so Jenny Robbins... Got on the, like, as we were getting close to that, she didn't want to get in the shot of Claire filming it. So she got down on her hands and knees and is crawling across the carpet oh. to throw the goblet into place so that I can step on it. That's what I remember most from the, uh, from the wedding. <laughs> and then as soon as Mark Schaefer said, oh, I now pronounce you man and wife, you may kiss the bride. Nigel played the going to the zoo song. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I remember that part too. Oh. And everybody That's was like, amazing. what is happening? And then it was like, <laughs> well, as I said, and I apologize because, well, I don't know why I'd be apologizing. Uh, yeah, you don't have to apologize. Well, but everyone's like, how did you not know? And I was like, well, no, I remember 
everything about this event. But like I said, I don't know anyone down there and I didn't know you personally or anybody personally. So two days after the episode dropped, I just, it kind of went out of my head. It was kind yeah, of a cool was, thing. It would be like and, if I uh, asked you, what did Tony talk about last Tuesday? Why would you Yeah, know? right, yeah. Well, I do remember though, cause I kind of let it, she, we were saying it at the same time during her interview where I said, he was taking that day off. I you remember, did remember that part. Yeah, you did remember that detail. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I remember everything about this thing that occurred at Chatter in this wedding. And I was just like, and I was laughing my ass off over the whole thing. I thought it was great. But I remember that how Tony was like, yeah, I, he, and he was kind of annoyed. Oh, he was, he was legitimately annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> Carol t explained to him and then once he got his, his head straight around it because he was probably going to go golfing and yeah you know, exactly he probably had his, his reservation his tea time set up and yep. now someone's telling him he can't go because yep. these people want to get married at chatter he's like what <laughs> right exactly so. but anyways they were all so great and we wanted people from the show to be represented in the wedding party and Carol came and that was yeah. so wonderful and generous of her yeah uh, and, you know, we had a bunch of littles show up, like Suzanne and Jenny and, and Jen Babs and Claire and uh, Jeff Stevens, Bobby Gottfried, Mark and Carol represented littles and then the big. And yeah. uh, it was great. It went off perfectly. Then we all ate a delicious $8 breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Before we forget and run out on us uh is there social media anything you want to plug i i would just say basically the same as jamie did sure yeah claire is doing the fundraiser for my sister's foundation that honors my late nephew rocco i can attest when he was sick i stayed behind and jamie went back to colorado and my brother-in-law he would work 12-hour shifts and then he would go to the hospital. Well, on days when he was working, it was very difficult for him. So I was sort of, we, we would make his shifts and my shifts contiguous. So I would show up and then he could leave. And then, mm -hmm. you know, when he came back, I would go back. So I stayed there for about five weeks, I guess. And I was, I was on the ninth floor of that hospital. And so I, I know what these people are going through. And I know that there was an organization that really helped my sister and brother-in-law and it was, there was a, a boy named Connor who had died from brain cancer. He was four and his parents had started a foundation. And when you got to the hospital, they gave her a bag because when you show up and don't know that your kid has cancer, because you don't know that, you don't leave and you need toiletries and you need everything to get through because you're at the hospital and you're going to be there for six weeks, probably. You're, the next six wow. weeks. And you didn't even know when you got there that you were going to be living at the hospital. So yeah. this group, they put together these sort of gift bag kind of things with supplies for parents who find themselves in this position. And like they, there's a blanket in there and there's just all kinds of things that you would need so that you don't have to think about that right away. Mm -hmm. And wow. like there are vouchers and just stuff to help you get by. The, the hospital staff help you out with a lot of that too, but they're caring for all the and, kids. So yeah. sometimes right. some of that stuff falls through. This is how you're going to wash your clothes, blah, blah, blah. And then there are other groups that will do things like every Tuesday is pizza in the uh, break room. And that's because somebody has donated that. There are cupcakes. So once a month or mm -hmm. something like that. And this is the kind of stuff that the kids look forward to the parents, like it's something that is fun or exciting that can take your mind off the fact of what you're going through. 
that you didn't know you're going to have to be going through. And so my sister is trying to do that kind of thing for these people to just to give them hope. To, to let them know that they're not alone. And so, and she's giving out Uber Eats cards and gift cards so the kids can get presents. And she uh, was doing a cupcake thing on Rocco's birthday. And all of this stuff, just to the heaviness of it, lifts a little bit and people feel like they're being supported. So anyway, Claire has set up, she does, uh, I guess every year she does this drive to do a and and it goes to a charity and i guess it's affiliated with some cause that is near and dear to a little in the group well this year it happens to be for rocco's warriors and i already know that they're doing really well and i I don't know if it was because you know how much of it people heard from your podcast with jamie or whether people are seeing it i don't do facebook but i know there's a group over there or word of mouth but they have blown through. And my sister doesn't know they're even getting this. Or maybe she knows, but they, she doesn't know how much. But this is going to go way past her expectations. It's going to be Oh, that's huge fantastic. Surprise. That's well, wonderful. Well, yeah. It's Little Elves is the group that Claire's doing. And Robert, just we think it's such a great cause. And at the Loyal Littles podcast, we're supporting it any way we can. And we will just keep referencing it. And hopefully more people will contribute and give your sister the biggest surprise. That would be so great. Fam- on behalf of my family and Jamie, again, we really appreciate it. And Claire, for that matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, this, this kind of thing is really appreciated. That's great. All yeah. right, my friend, as an homage to the show, we'll get you out of here on this. Okay. I guess I have to do the classic one over or under. Under. Now, this will be interesting because I honestly don't remember what Jamie said. I'm assuming it's the same, she, but maybe it's not. It is not. She's an over person. Oh, oh wait. Right. All right. So, wait. That's okay. right. This is fantastic. All right. Well, this, so, this will be fun. <laughs> well, you have to go into this now. So, what's that like? Who wins? Like, or do you have multiple bathrooms? Like, how does this work? So, there are two ways in which this is not a problem. The first way is uh, the holders that are the people that sold us the house put them in. They're like vertical, so you stick it on it, so it's sideways. Ah, so it's sideways. You know, this is funny, and I posted this in one of the groups. I don't remember which group last year, but I hit a – I know where it was. It was in Raleigh-Durham. I was in a hotel because I was on tour. Durham, and, North Carolina? Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> and I don't remember the hotel. I'd give it credit, but I don't remember. But it actually had a holder where it was over or under – but it was on a swivel where you could just easily oh, flip it see, to the yeah. other side. That's so right. it was like mine was blown. Like it was that easy to like just flip it and you didn't have to take the roll of toilet paper off or anything like that. It literally took a second to change it from over to under. So whatever your preference was, it was there. So it was genius. like, yeah, it, is, it that was completely genius. Okay. That was, that's actually kind of funny. Thank it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter though, because we do have separate bathrooms. So that we, we have oh, found that, that, that ah. does work best. Oh, well, so Mr. Tony references that a lot as what was the best advice he ever gave Michael? Two bathrooms. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. So, 100%. 100%. so yeah. uh, Robert, we can't thank you enough. This has oh, been so fantastic. Having, Appreciate you coming been on. Fun. I'm sorry for going on and on and on, but that's oh. like, I, I warned you up front. So no problem. No, it's, it's I not a problem. so much enjoyed just listening. This has been awesome. Yeah. All right, Loyal Littles. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. 
And real quickly, what we're going to close with today is we have our Friday Five, Woo-hoo, which is I fun because it's, it's our holiday Friday Five. So this is all exciting. I mean, first of all, Chuck, I don't know if you saw that being a tiny, but hello. Do you, do you know who presented the Friday Five this week, Chuck? Um, Burt Reynolds? Burt Reynolds? <laughs> I love that you just throw these random people. That's a, you know what, Chuck? That's an excellent guess. That's that is an a excellent guess. guess. You're so wrong. It was the big guy himself, Santa, and his oh. lovely wife, Mrs. Claus. So that was hilarious. So Should that's have guessed great. that. So, <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, it was on the tip of your tongue, I'm sure. Too much uh, eggnog for the holiday, Chuck. Oh, yeah. I so, love that eggnog, man. Can yeah, I get enough? Chuck, I put yeah. that in my oatmeal in the morning now. Chuck. What? Don't knock Wait, it till you try it. that's kind of awesome. Don't knock it till you try it. It's good. Okay, I'm not categorizing that in the information for life yet. So, Roxy, you have the Friday Five, right? All the way from the North Pole. I do. I got it. <laughs> Special delivery today. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chuck. What is a Christmas song that makes you cringe? Ooh, good one. Oh, makes me cringe. I'm going to go with the 12 Days of Christmas because it's yep. so long and yep. so boring. Yep. And I don't even really know what it's about. Uh, Chuck, 12 drummers drumming? Hello. Yeah, you have to wait so long to get there, okay? <laughs> Just because there's no 11 other things playing. going on. Just because there's no fiddlers fiddling, Chuck. And then you go, yeah, it's... No, no bueno for me. When that comes on, I'm turning, I'm turning it. I mean, that song makes me think of, I don't know if if there's any Office fans out there, but when Andy gets Aaron the 12 Days of Christmas and the first, what is it, the first seven days are all birds, except for five (laughs) golden rings, but all birds. And she gets like mutilated. (laughs) Oh man. Because she's trying to take these birds home in her car. And he's like, she's like. Whoever's my secret Santa, please stop. Please stop. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but, all right, since you brought it up, in full defense, the last one was freaking cool. He gets this entire drum line. That was pretty cool. Well, wait, let me rephrase that. I guess it was 12 (laughs) drummers drumming. But they come out, and he's got the symbol. It was really cool. Yeah. There's also some undertones there because he has a crush on her. And Anyway. All right, do you have a song? Uh, I hate Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. That's my least favorite song in the entire universe. What's number two, Roxy? Number two. Besides the TK podcast, what's another favorite podcast you listen to? Oh, that's Uh, a no-brainer. Right? (laughs) This one, right? (laughs) This one. (laughs) No, seriously, Chuck, you got one? Do you listen? Are you a podcast guy? No, I hate podcasts. I think they're terrible. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not true. I do listen to, you going to say their name? or Yeah. I okay, think. so I, I do listen to the fantasy footballers during football season when I'm in the midst of fantasy football. They're pretty okay. entertaining, and they usually get things pretty accurate. They do a lot of the uh, dirty work for you if you're looking for. Okay. But other than that, sometimes I listen to the TED Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But those can kind of get a little bit too cerebral for me as well. So. Right. That's about where I leave it, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, Roxy, what do you got? And then, wait a sec, there's another one that's really important and probably most popular podcast in the world is the Upset Special Podcast. Chuck. I'm just saying. 
All right, Littles. <clears throat> That's our other podcast. Check it before you wreck it. Yeah, because there's only going to be two more episodes left, right? Yeah. That's okay. right. <laughs> well, it's a football podcast, Chuck, so right. all right. Yeah, if you want more of this stupidity, just go to that one. That's got all the, the good stupidity. Uh, <laughs> Roxy, do you have one? You're not really a podcast person. Um, You know, I start them and then I forget about them. So. Gotcha. I do listen to a lot of the, when I do listen to them, I'll, I'll pop in and check out some of the different bachelor bachelorette franchise podcasts that are out there. I think it's Mm -hmm. kind of funny. Um, there actually is a, a podcast dedicated to Hallmark Christmas movies. And I know that that's, that's a tough topic in this group, but Oh. But sometimes I'll pop over there and see what they have to say for well, themselves. Well, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up one that I think you also like that you mentioned, because I listen to it occasionally, too, The Office Ladies, right? Yes, actually, I would put yeah. that at the top of the list. Jenna oh. Fisher and Angela. Right. Uh, uh, Pam and Angela from The Office. <clears throat> right. Uh, they, they dissect each episode from The Office one by one, each episode. Yeah, especially if you have a specific favorite episode of the office that's the best way to do it and then just search yeah. that they're only in what season three or four but they're going through the whole series which is yep really kind of cool and they do hmm. they give you some really cool background like what it was like to film this scene and who broke yeah. and you know all that kind of stuff and so, they're both super bubbly people so it's it's yeah. always fun to listen to them actually that gets annoying for me sometimes but anyway <laughs> uh real quick because i just want to give a shout out because it is one of my favorite bill simmons podcast the bs podcast one of my favorites especially the funny part is the closing segment is parent corner that they best do part. every episode. It's the best part. Roxy even gets into that sometimes. So if you're a tiny, you might want to tune into that. And actually at the end of the year, so it's coming up, they usually do one episode where they re-record or they just splice it together every parent corner from the year and just do a special all parent yeah. corner, like two hour special. And they are yeah. really funny. So, cause they both have teenagers and kids and little kids and it's just, it's really funny. So. All right, Roxy, what do we got? Number three. All right. Number three, you have been chosen to host a sensational Christmas celebration on TV. What three guests living or deceased would you have on the show to make it the best Christmas special ever? All right. Let's all pick one since there's three. Oh my okay. gosh. Right, Chuck. All right. You want to go first Dead or, you hold or alive? Dead or alive. You want to go Chuck? No, I need a second. All right, Roxy, what do you want? Well, I got two. I got two, I, but I, I do too. I feel like I can't have one without the other. Um, uh, Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. All that right. would be a good Although Fred and Ginger would be pretty party. great too. Okay. This I've got two. But Chuck, I'm hoping you'll pick one so I can pick the other. Oh, my gosh. Really? You want me to just say, well, if I say both of them, then it's off the table, Chuck. This is like an upset special podcast here. Once it's out there, you can't pick it. Chevy Chase? <laughs> actually, actually. That'd be awesome. That would actually, in his heyday, when as a stand-up comic. Okay, I got, I got mine. I got comedy. mine. I think I got we're mine. all thinking musical guests, which nope, doesn't I got necessarily mine. have to be. It could be a comic. Go ahead. Bill Murray. All right. Uh, Bill Murray at my Christmas. I think he would be a party. Just, yep. Yes. All right. He would yep. be very entertaining. All right, I had to, I'm going to say Judy Garland and mm. Bing Crosby, of course, because you have to have him sing White Christmas, you got to right? have the crooners. I mean, hello? You think I was going to pick one of those? Well, I thought maybe, if musical <laughs> yeah. guests. Well, no, because you were onto something with 
Chevy Chase, I, that's not who I would take. But if you want a comedian, like, hello, I think Eddie Murphy doing like, all his shtick from Saturday Night Live is like Mr. Robinson mm. or whatever. And we're talking about a holiday special it was. So, it's yeah. just, you know, you can't just have singers and stuff. Anyway, okay, so our Roxy, party, we have two dancers, two singers, and a comedian. And that's a perfect. And a pear tree. All right, are, Roxy, are we there too? <laughs> <laughs> all right, number four. If you were one of the three kings visiting the Bethlehem baby in today's world, what would you bring as a gift? <laughs> oh, man. These are questions. Well, we I are got talking mine. about a newborn, so okay. go ahead, All right. Chuck. I got mine. All right, Chuck, go ahead. I'm bringing Cheerios. Cheerios. Oh. <laughs> babies are always eaten on Cheerios. That's Cheerios. I love the Cheerios, so I'm going with Cheerios. Way to cheap out. Hey, I'm saving some scratch. <laughs> <laughs> When he's a teenager, he'll want a lot more stuff. So I got to get that's him. True. You know, that's true. Wait, that's wait true. for it. I would probably, I would probably bring. There's this really cute little chew toy out there called Sophie the giraffe that I think I would bring. I would bring the baby a giraffe. All right, let's go to the next. Number five. Pandemic aside, have you ever spent, or would you ever want to spend New Year's Eve in Times Square? All right, I'm going first. No okay. way, no how. <laughs> I well, all right. When I was younger, the thought did occur to me and I thought, oh, that would be cool. But then when I realized, and once I started living here in the city and realized what it encounters, I was like, there's no way. I mean, those people are sitting out there for like 14 hours to get Where a good spot. Where do you go spot. to the bathroom? Well, that's, the, that's part of the deal is they have to somehow figure it out. They're not allowed to leave. So they bring bottles or they have contraptions or some wear diapers, I've heard. I mean, seriously, this is these are stories I've heard. No, not for me. Anyway, Chuck? <laughs> uh, I'm with you there, brother. Uh, yeah. So you never did it because you lived in the city for a while. I, I don't remember if I did or not. <laughs> <laughs> so Chuck probably has been in I want to say there was a year where I went to somebody's like apartment or, or, or okay. work. And yeah, a rooftop, and it was like in the vicinity, but mm. I've never been on the street level, and no way, no how would I even get close to that, especially now. Yep. Wow. All right, Roxy, have you ever done the Times Square thing? No, I used to want to. I yeah. don't know what I was thinking. As I've gotten older, I'm like, this is not for me. I need to be able to sit down. I need to be able to go to the bathroom privately. I need to be able to be warm and yeah i yeah. there nothing about it appeals to me it's all tourists right i mean no no new yorkers do that right i don't am i right i don't know i don't know i, I, I don't, really know. don't, I do don't know new yorkers actually go to times square at all yeah right i don't know honestly <laughs> i mean look growing up it always looked like fun and i'll admit if, if it was just something you could wander over to like at 11 30 at night when you've got nothing else going on yeah i oh, think that sure. would be fun but it's just yeah. not that way it's like yeah. the fireworks chuck was a little different because it's so spread out you know, yes. over the Hudson yeah, River. I yeah. mean, this is such a condensed spot. And I mean, like I said, you're not even going to get to see the ball. Well, let's go there for a second. For those mm -hmm. of you that are not from, have never been to New York or whatever, the ball is up 24-7, okay? It's, I should say it's down, but it's up there on the building. You are going to be so disappointed when you see this thing because on TV, they make <laughs> it look huge. like, it, they make it out to be this like huge deal. And it's, I, I can't even explain to you in real life, when you go down there into Times Square on like a normal day and you look up and you see it, I mean, it looks about the size of a beach ball. You're like, I mean, it's, that's the ball? You're like, that's the ball? That's what people, yeah, right. So I get the symbolism behind it. And that's why you're there and all that stuff. And you get to see it drop. But like I said, unless you're there hours in advance, you're not seeing that ball. 
because this thing stretches all the way up into the 50s. Yeah. And that ball is right around 42nd Street. So you're not even seeing it. Like I mean, you're just, you're, just with, you're just with people in a crowd and just celebrating, which, yeah, for some people. That, peeing down that's your cool. leg. but for some people that's a cool thing and i get it so it's just not for everyone so yeah and maybe it's maybe it's that i am not a new year's person anyway like i feel like it's the most underrated holiday that there is Mm. because it's so as soon as midnight happens it's completely over so there's no it's not like thanksgiving where you have all day you know christmas is all day and leading up to it and new year's is like okay we're gonna count down and then you're done and then you're like okay now what do we do Mm -hmm. it's the next year i don't know well all right everyone let's get out of here let's continue our celebration chuck we can't thank you enough for coming on over the holiday thanks for having me yeah, well, no, this means a lot to us because you know, we know you're doing the holiday with your family and to take the time to come on, that was really sweet of you. And uh, yeah, so we'll hopefully catch you next week and continue to have happy, safe holidays, everyone. Real quick, Roxy, how can they get in touch with us? You can send those emails right on over to WTFCPodNet at gmail.com. All right. And don't forget, we are on the Twitter now, at Loyal Littles Pod. Happy holidays, everyone. Continued happy holidays, holidays, I should say. (laughs) Well, Chuck's going to start singing again. (laughs) Happy holidays. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye. Loyal Littles. Bye-bye. No, I hate podcasts.
something to hope for, something to believe. Can you tell me you want more for you and me? podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. Oh, yeah.